Hey everyone, my name is Nathan Forster, and I'm asking the big questions of authors and activists, scholars and survivors, poets and priests, therapists and theologians, and basically everyone in between. This will be a resource for people who, deep in their bones, think that surely God's kingdom is deeper and wider than the box we've sometimes put it in. And so what better way to discover this than by learning people's stories and their specialities, in order that we deepen and widen our perspective on faith, community, society and life. So journey with me as we go deeper and wider. How can the kingdom of God inform journalism and the way we engage social media? In today's episode, we're going to hear from Stephen Roach-Knight as we unpack the topic of kingdom journalism, storytelling and the Magnalia Dea. We'll explore questions like, what is kingdom journalism? Why is kingdom journalism so important? How does kingdom journalism challenge the powers that be in our world? And what are better ways we can communicate online in a way that aligns with the kingdom of God? And of course, more questions. Stephen Roach-Knight is passionate about media, technology, justice, and the future of faith. He is also the co-founder of Transform Network, and he also currently serves as special assistant to Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II and also as the Internal Communications Manager for Repairers of the Breach. Stephen is also the former National Faith Organiser for the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, which he is still heavily involved with at a national level. As we go through today's interview, as we go through today's interview, he is going to make reference to Transform Network, Repairers of the Breach, and the Poor People's Campaign. At the end of the interview and in today's show notes, you can find out more information about these movements and how you can get involved. So please, stick around. And now, here is today's interview with Stephen Roach-Knight. So tell our listeners about your early encounters with Christian faith. I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My parents were evangelicals. So I grew up with Bible studies in my home, going to church, you know, at least twice a week. (laughs) You know, Sunday mornings and Wednesday night, youth group, um, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So grew up in in a, I would say, a heavenly churched um, home and um, was given this evangelical faith that my parents had uh, embraced um, in their college years. They were discipled through the Navigators Ministry, um, if folks are at all familiar with that. And and so that's you know that's how I was raised. And I, I in many ways I still consider myself an evangelical. I've been able to sort of re-embrace that. Uh, terminology, thanks mm. in large part to people like Reverend Dr. William J. Barber II, um, who I have the privilege of working for. But but yeah, it, I am in a much different place today. Theologically, it's been, been a, a, a pretty 
interesting journey. So you mentioned that your faith was um, evangelical growing up, and yet you still have some sense of identification with the evangelical label, largely because of your work with Reverend Barbara. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, well, without going into my whole story and my whole history, um, was doing marketing for a uh, Christian publisher that published Reverend Barber's first book, uh, Forward Together, and got to know him through working together with him on that on that project. And um, when I left there, um, he was the first person that I contacted to say, if there's any opportunity to work with you, I would love, uh, that's what I would love to do. And um, mm-hmm. it took several months, but the door opened, and um, I've been working with him now for the past uh, three years. Um, in different capacities, but largely now as a special assistant directly to Reverend Barber and work with him a lot on his social media in, in, in just a lot of other ways. So I'm grateful for that work. It is, as a white evangelical, it's been mm. difficult, you know, particularly in the last four years of the Trump administration. Yeah. But even before that, um, to really want to identify as an evangelical. Um, I felt like I I sort of got kicked out of the evangelical church in 2009. So it's been a a bit of a journey to come, come back, but it's, it's been largely voices like Reverend Barber's who have been willing to say, I'm not going to let go of this, this term um, and who I think Mm. have defined it in a very faithful way in the, in a way that, um, white evangelicals, particularly Mm. really in the last 20, 30 years have not. And, uh, and it's just become like painfully clear in the last, last several years. Mm, mm. It sounds like a much more richer evangelicalism. That's very faithful to Matthew, Mark and Luke and John by the sounds of it. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Hmm. And you mentioned as well that there was obviously there's been some changes over your faith journey, which doesn't surprise me. And I, I think that's a very natural part that as life goes on, our faith will typically change with us. What have been the particular major changes for you in your life of faith? I um, was a part of a thing called the emerging church movement or the mm-hmm. emergent church movement um, for a number of years. And it was through that conversation, that movement that I, that really I was challenged in my theology, the theology that I'd been raised with and had been given um, to really rethink um, a lot of the things that, you know, I'd just been told this is the gospel truth. Um, mm-hmm. This is the way to interpret scripture. And um, so I, And with that was part of a community of people that I was in relationship and conversation with who helped me really deconstruct my faith and reconstruct my faith. Mm. And I think it would be in in a lot of ways, it's it's you know, I don't want to minimize it by saying, I well, I went from being conservative to being progressive, you know, (laughs) or liberal Um, and, and, you know, sort of that dualistic sort of Mm. way. But yeah, it was really, in a lot of ways, a death and a rebirth. Yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like that certainly that language of death and rebirth, and I've certainly heard people use the language of, kind of deconstruction, reconstruction 
Others I know use the language of water turned to wine. So this movement that you've had in your own life that you simply don't want to just merely go, you've gone from conservative to progressive, but rather it sounds like you've just taken the journey of deeply reflecting upon what is what does this faith mean? What does this faith look like on the ground? What is the kingdom of God? What does this all mean? Yeah. Mm. That that was a huge part of it for me. Um, a huge part of the emerging church movement was this idea of of being missional and um, and thinking about the church in in that way. That um, maybe church uh, was not meant to be sort of this country club. Um, some people are in and some people are out thing that I had just again sort of been raised to that that's that's just the way things are. And so this idea of, of thinking about the church's community as, as being uh, in the world and that God is not confined uh, to the four walls of a church building, mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning, that God mm-hmm. was actually at work out there and uh, might God might be accomplishing things through other people who don't mm. even call themselves quote-unquote Christians, mm-hmm. um, mm. that God has these bigger purposes um, for love and for justice, that God's will be done, and God will will work through whoever is is tuned into that divine purpose. So um, that 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 was a big um, uh, kind of transition for me in thinking about my faith and how to think about church and and religion and and all of that. Mm, it kind of reminds me of the notion that it's not so much. I was kind of bringing the kingdom, but rather God's doing God's work in the world. What would it mean to participate in what God's already doing in the world? Exactly, exactly. Mm. And, mm. Um, you know, that I don't know that we necessarily use that language uh, a whole lot. Um, certainly the emergent church language has sort of fallen away in a large degree. I feel like the missional church conversation has sort of fallen away, mm. and yet, I, I suppose it's it's still going on in, in certain quarters, but um, it is still such a powerful shift in, in thinking that uh, it's certainly still relevant and always relevant for for folks to consider. And, you know, I was grateful for folks who who turned me on to Leslie Newbegin and David mm. Bosch and um, uh, many of these writers and theologians who we're also practitioners who who did deep work and um, helped to to kind of flesh out some of these these ideas. Mm, mm. So in today's episode, I do want to draw particular focus on the topic of, I guess, what we've called or what you've called kingdom journalism. I, I'm interested in exploring how you came up with this idea. Of kingdom journalism, and I think you've also mentioned something that I can't can't pronounce for the life of me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps if you can enlighten me, uh, what I'm trying to pronounce, and perhaps unpack this a little bit more for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the Magnalia Dea. I'm not Thank even you. sure I'm 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 pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> um, although um, I didn't, you know, invent that uh, language. It did exist in some Catholic uh, theology. Um, that it, it's of course Latin. Uh, it mm. means the mighty deeds of God. And um, I think so. 
it's important to make this connection, and, 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 th- and this is was sort of my process and my journey. In the missional church conversation, we talked a lot about the missio dea, or the mission of God. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea, as you were just talking about, as we were just talking about, this idea that God is at work in the world, and our purpose is to join God in what God is already doing. And I worked for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association for six years. I could not work there any longer under Franklin Graham as he moved Mm -hmm. in a much more extremist, fundamentalist direction that did not jive certainly with who I was as an evangelical at that point. I went to work for an evangelical mission organization, an international uh, mission organization. And when I got there, I... You know, I was I was the international director of communications, and that that was my background. I had uh, been working in web communications and just beginning to get involved in social media at that point. Um, This would have been 2006, 2007, and I really did just some deep soul searching about what is my purpose what is the deeper thing that I'm really called to do in this work? And I, you know, we would talk about use the language of vocation and I, I just, you know, for my own, for my own self, I just really, I, I wanted to think deeply about communication and what, what is, you know, sort of what is the theology of, mm. of communication and, and media and, um, and this work that so many of us are uh, involved with, and a big part of that idea was we are all communicators. Um, certainly, the internet and with social media, you know, this was still a relatively new idea mm. um, at that point. Um, that we all have access to the tools of storytelling, of communication. That wherever that person is in the world they can now reach out through the web and through social media and interact with and ask questions of world leaders. I mean, the mm-hmm. Pope is on wow. Twitter. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know? Very, um, yes. And it just, so the, the, the democratization uh, of really flattening the, the hierarchies, so to speak. Yes. And, and, and certainly that's, you know, that's not um, completely true in all parts of the world, but, but just billions of people coming online over these last 15 years. Mm. Um, mm. It has, you know, through mobile phones and through, through the web. I mean, there really is, it, it really has open doors um, for everyone. But on, on that deeper sort of conceptual level, we are all communicators. Yeah. And so where I, where I was drawn, and I, I, I think uh, my Pentecostal preacher friend, Pastor Anthony Smith, who pastors a church, co-pastors a church with his wife, Tony, um, called Mission House here in North Carolina. He pointed me to the Pentecost story in the book of Acts, Acts, and particularly the verse um, Acts 2.11, where it says, after the Spirit of God fell on all of these people who were gathered, there were people of, of, of different ethnicities who spoke different languages, right? And they were all gathered t- together, and it says the spirit of God fell on them and they could understand each other speaking what they were speaking. And it says 
they were describing the mighty deeds of God. Mm, wow. Um, and it was that phrase, the mighty deeds of God, that just landed on me. Um, that was, and it just, it set me on a journey of just sort of doing a deep uh, reflection and study on that phrase, the mighty deeds of God throughout wow. scripture. It's, and it's, it, it, it's there um, all, all throughout um, the Old Testament. Um, this refrain, the mighty deeds of God, the mighty deeds of God, um, which in Latin is Magnalia Dea, that, um, that this was, and I just, um, that, that, that was my starting point in, in taking that sort of theological biblical approach mm. to, okay, maybe that's what communication in an ultimate sense is meant to be about. Wow. It's meant to be about describing the mighty deeds of God, which in this missional sense is what is God doing in the world? Um, and, and, and how do we describe that? How do we talk about that? How do we lift that up? Um, in the sense that, so that people, people's eyes and hearts are turned toward God. Um, and, um, you know, in, 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 in that sense, you know, there is worship, there is, there mm -hmm. is, you know, humility and recognition um, that 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 God is 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 in control and uh, ultimately and and um, uh, there is as Martin Luther King Jr. would say the moral arc of the universe bends towards mm. just that God is ultimately leading us to a place where there is love and justice and so I I then sort of took that and coming from a, a, a journalism background. Mm. Uh, came up with this term kingdom journalism um, as a way of sort of trying to pigeonhole or, or peg this sure. particular way yeah. of thinking about media and writing and storytelling that is, that had a part that, you know, had, had this sort of theological trajectory, I guess. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, and I actually wrote a uh, piece for the Lausanne journal, which is a, a, a big uh, evangelical, missions uh publication um it's been around for uh many years and um, wrote a piece on this back in 2007 called uh a call to kingdom journalism rediscovering the integral role of communication and mission and and since 2007 i'm certainly in a even different place than i was then theologically and just sort of socially politically and there's there's not too many things in here that I'm super embarrassed about going back and <laughs> looking back and reading this. Uh, I think, um, I think many of the, the thoughts here still, still hold up. Yeah. Um, and we've had certainly conferences. Storytelling has, has just sort of kind of gotten grabbed, grabbed a hold. And some of the things that I was talking about back then are, are still questions, I think, today in terms of Instagram stories and Facebook stories and, and Snapchat stories. Is, is it all just marketing and, and self-promotion or is there a deeper purpose that, you know, we should be thinking about as we yeah, approach right. these okay. tools and um, um, how, we, how we show up in the world um, digitally? Yeah. So what would you say, like, because I, I know some listeners might, not kind of get the significance of the need to have this type of journalism. So why would you say this type of way of doing journalism is so important for us today? 
Um, well, I mean, I think, gosh, um, journalism in general is, is super important. <laughs> Agreed. Um, let's <laughs> well, let's start there. Yeah, um, let's not bad. Right. <laughs> particularly, I mean, the irony, um, Nathan, is that when when we were doing all of this postmodern emerging church, emergent church stuff, one of the biggest criticisms that we got was you all are rejecting absolute truth and you are just relativists. And um, um, we were being accused of this because mm-hmm. we were rethinking some things theologically and, and not uh, holding to sort of the traditional status quo. Yeah, you, you had an open-minded posture and you were questioning through these things. Yeah. It, yeah. It, exactly. And now what, what we have seen mm-hmm. is it's actually the conservative evangelical world that has completely abandoned truth to mm-hmm. embrace uh, alternative facts, um, to turn a blind eye to, you know, the worst uh, president in the United States. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just talking about my context mm-hmm. in my country. I mean, I know that there's a, 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 a conservative nationalism that is that is all over the globe um, as well, mm-hmm. and the United States is, is just another uh, example of that. But uh, it's been particularly discouraging to to see that play out and, and, and frustrating mm-hmm. on a deep, deep level of just realizing it actually is not possible without truth tellers. I mean, yes. we absolutely need people, no matter how much um, it gets rejected, and how much it gets denied and ignored, we need truth tellers. And so the role of journalism itself is still extremely important. And this is where I think maybe kingdom journalism is, it sounds like a, a niche of a niche of career path or something. And it's really not meant to be that because mm-hmm. going back to, we are all communicators for each and every one of us on a deeper level, uh, in a really personal sense, what is our story? How does our story connect to God's story? What mm. is God doing in the world that we are participating in? And and can, uh, what are those stories that we can lift up that point people to the divine? And how do we then use these tools that we have access to, to not just sell a product or make ourselves look good in, in this online sense, but be storytellers that point people to, I would say, the kingdom of God uh, or the kingdom of God in a deeper, deeper sense. What would this perhaps even look like on the ground? So suppose, you know, you have your average person hopping on Facebook who identifies with a Christian faith. What what would this type of communicating, this type of way of talking about the kingdom or, or the, the mighty deeds of God, what would that look like kind of in the here and the now on the ground? Yeah, yeah. Um, now I we're you know we're speaking right now in the midst of of the coronavirus right. um, pandemic, yeah. um, which has really shifted a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, and um, you know we're beginning to, you know I think there's there are um, a lot of stories emerging of of the ways that God is showing up in the world through the folks that we have often ignored, the workers who, you know, we now call them essential workers because we recognize the person who checks, you know, checks out the groceries at the grocery store 
is absolutely essential because uh, otherwise we, the rest of us wouldn't be able to buy food that we need to, to feed ourselves and our families. Mm. Um, and so uh, it's interesting. I, I had a conversation yesterday with David Dark, who um, uh, is just an amazing thinker and writer, um, theologian. And he was talking about how this is really an apocalyptic moment of, of recognizing <clears throat> that person who is who that that is working at the grocery store is risking their life right oh. now because they don't have paid sick leave they probably don't have a lot of resources to be able to stay home from work and and so it's it, it in 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 that real sense of an apocalypse being mm. a, a revealing or a revelation That's right. yeah uh, yeah and, and I think it's I, I think that's a, that's just one example of just sort of looking at what's happening and telling that story and and having that sort of theological reflection. And of course, there are, are, are other stories of people doing uh, acts of kindness and goodness in the world that need to be lifted up as well in the midst of this crazy time. And I think any time that we do that, it is, in a real sense, Giving to give people hope, um, yeah. to to encourage people to be our best selves, um, yeah. to look out for others and not just for ourselves. And in those ways, I think those are the kinds of stories that touch on um, the mighty deeds of God. You know, in our context in the in the world right now. Yeah, to to unveil that which yeah, it's it's interesting as we have this conversation during COVID-19 and you touched on essential workers, for example. And like prior to all of this, that which was most mundane, which for most people going to grocery store, doing our shopping and the like, this moment, this apocalyptic moment, this revealing moment has shown that that which is most mundane is so sacred in such a way. And I imagine then to to use our social media platforms or the way we communicate more generally to promote or to perhaps promotes the wrong word to reveal the ways in which God is working through our neighbors in the midst of this time. It's, it's interesting to reflect on. That's, that's for sure. Yeah. There there are a lot of great uh, folks who who have been writing, you know, on these things. Um, Craig Detweiler has written some great books. Um, he wrote a book on uh, called Selfies. He's a, a, a good friend. I think he, I'm not sure where he's teaching right now, but um, I Gods um, is uh, one of his other books, How Technology Shapes Our Spiritual and Social Lives. Uh, Selfies, Searching for the Image of God in a Digital Age, came out in 2018. Um, the other book that I was thinking of uh, uh, by Shane Hips called Flickering Pixels, How Technology Shapes Your Faith, came out in 2009. Mm. Um, he also wrote a great book um, called The Hidden Power of Electronic Media, How Media Shapes Faith, the Gospel, and Church, came out in 2005. So um, those are just a couple um, authors and, and, and some of the books that have certainly uh, influenced my thinking uh, around this, and those are great resources for folks to check out. Yeah, and I imagine for you, in terms of like turning to scripture to find your inspiration for kingdom journalism, I imagine 
or the truth that uh, what it means for these authors to write about the experiences people are having with God and how that changed their lives. Yeah, I mean, once you start, um, you know, it's kind of like if you ever have that experience of like, um, um, oh, I really like this particular car, and then you start seeing that car everywhere. Like, you didn't notice it before, but now all of a sudden, oh, that, like, there's this everywhere. Mm. Um, it's, it was like that, and I think it, uh, if, if folks really look at Scripture, and, um, and particularly for that phrase, the mighty deeds of God, or, or mm. variations on that, it's all there. It's all yeah, right. yeah. over and over and over again um, that, that, that that is a, a real refrain. You know, why do we have Scripture at all you know i mean people wrote these things down mm. uh, and i would still say inspired by god to 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 write these things down um for a purpose and that mm. purpose to communicate and tell us particular story that had a particular trajectory um uh, ultimately um and uh yeah and 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 the 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 different experiences of of different people and different different you know um uh nations of people um mm. it's 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 there over and over again mm. and i'm even thinking in particular even that word gospel i mean gospel is good news good news that something has happened that's right mm. yeah and and evangel <laughs> the that's evangelical right. yes yes that's yeah. right so how would you say that this kingdom journalism would challenge the powers um, that's are in our world at the moment then? Well, I mean, I think um, anytime we're challenged to, to go deeper in our thinking um, and, and it, if it gives us pause um, in, in, and, and and I'm certainly not suggesting I'm perfect at this. Um, you can go and read through my social media, and I can be um, as hyperbolic as as anyone else at times. Um, but um, but to 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 take a moment to think about what am I communicating ultimately by posting this picture, this video, or this or saying this thing, um, mm. and how how am I using these tools? Am I am I using these tools for justice, for love, for for mm. um, you know a, a, a greater purpose than just making myself look good, uh, building a brand? Mm. You know, uh, really, so much of this challenges a lot of the marketing and and sort of branding ideas that are so uh, prevalent and 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 common. Um, I don't know that he will ever hear this, but I just have to say how disappointed I have been mm. in Donald Miller. <laughs> yeah, please, please enlighten me. I want, I want to know, know. know if you don't mind. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know Donald Miller. Um, I, 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 ironically, he wrote um, uh, Blue uh, Like Jazz. Blue Like Jazz. Like jazz. That's, that's um, his most famous one. Right. That was a huge book, hugely influential book, and um, even before that, um, he wrote uh, a book called uh, Prayer in the Art of Mo Motorcycle Maintenance, and I interviewed him about that book, and he published some of my poetry on his website and um, years ago. And and he's basically just turned into this marketing branding guy. And 
like I said, I don't know him personally, so I, I can't speak to, you know, the state of his soul. But as someone who I, I really looked up to at a certain point in my journey to feel like, well, gosh, he just seems like he's bought hook, line and sinker into just the whole marketing brand development thing. And I get it. Everybody's got to make a living somehow doing something. I mean, I think he could have kept writing amazing books but in uh, and, and, and doing deep thinking, um, mm. but he, I, I, yeah, that, that, that's my criticism. Um, thank you for letting me put that out there into the world. Um, uh, that's Miller. completely fine. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating to think about because it does get me thinking about the implications of, I guess, for lack of a better wording, the intersection of kingdom journalism with that of marketing, like what, is is there a conflict? Is there different ways to do marketing? Is the what 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 is all this kind of implications does it have on on things like that? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think there are, and um, um, you know, I think I, I I get got into that a little bit um, in in this piece that I wrote for the Lausanne um, Journal, actually uh, critiquing a little bit a, a friend of mine who. I worked with when uh, at at Billy Graham went on to start a thing called the Center for Church Communication and a and a website called Church Marketing Sucks. Uh, Kevin Hendricks and um, I, I sort of subtly sort of critiqued um, a little bit of kind of the direction that he was going at least at that point, 2007, which is sort of saying the church really needs better, flashier, high quality marketing. Um, to say, well, I don't know that that's ne- you know necessarily the direction. Um, I, I think there are there are different ways to do this, and uh, we could talk about how churches market themselves, quote unquote, or promote themselves, quote unquote. Are they promoting great worship and you know flashy production and self help kind of sermons, or are churches talking about the work that they're doing in the community, in the mm-hmm. world, participating with God. And, you know, ultimately, is that going to make a deeper impact on people's lives and draw them closer to God first and ultimately to community? Yeah, and it sounds like those are the type of questions we should be asking as it relates to both in terms of marketing, whether it be personally or churches, and also the larger question of what we share. I'm not sure if that that make you know puts puts a new phrase or a new word such as kingdom journalism as opposed to just mere marketing because it's certainly something so much deeper than promotion for promotion's sake. Like I'm, I'm thinking in terms of that particular article that you wrote, which I which I did read, and then also in in relation to that particular person you mentioned uh, just now. Like it's one thing to go from cheesy Christianity to then just putting a veneer on top of 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 our churches and, and making it look sparkly and nice and, and wonderful. It's another thing to do a whole paradigm shift to what it actually means to be known in the world. Mm-hmm. I had a mentor uh, once who um, taught me this uh, lesson about ministry. He said, you win them to what you win them with. 
you win them to what you win them with. So if you if you're drawing people to your Bible study because it's free pizza night, um, you're not actually drawing people to the Bible. You're drawing them to free pizza. Mm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. you yeah. are the ministry of free pizza. You know, mm-hmm. um, um, this was we were doing campus ministry at the University of Minnesota um, at that time, and um, and I just that's always stuck with me. Um, and I think that's that's true. Are you mm. are you winning people to <clears throat> free T-shirts and flashy um, rock and roll worship? Um, and we've got a lot of that uh, in the megachurch movement here. I mean, it, it's it's so true. And of course, that's that's not to say if there's anything wrong with the pizzas or anything wrong with these things. It's just about going. Well, what's what is. <sighs> There's something about drawing people to something so much deeper, and I hate to use the word authentic because sometimes that's overused. But I, I mean it in its like, in its deep existential sense. Like that, there's some there's something more to being human, and what would it mean to? And this goes back to kingdom journalism to, to show pictures or tell stories, and to do that to do that well, um, in a way that brings these deep questions about what it means to be human and what it means to do community and what's ultimately what's what's life all about and why are we here and, and where's all things heading that's right yeah um the, the tell us if you will yeah, yeah. Of, of, of yeah. the ultimate uh, where where everything is going um and and i think um yeah lifting up those stories uh, that that demonstrate that illustrate that moral arc of the universe is bending towards yeah. justice um well, yeah we you know we just oh, need those stories yeah we just need those stories of hope uh, all the time mm. particularly now um mm. <clears throat> when it seems like um so many things are um just um not going right in the world <laughs> mm. um um, Reverend Barber, um, as I mentioned, I, I, who I have the privilege of, of working for and his organization repairs of the breach. And we're doing a lot of work on the poor people's campaign right now, national call for moral revival. And, um, uh, we, uh, one thing I want to mention for folks, um, even in Australia and all over the world, we're, we're mm-hmm. doing a big, um, digital mass poor people's assembly and moral march on Washington, DC, um, which will be online. Uh, June 20th this year, we were trying to lift up the stories of poor and low wealth people, 140 million poor and low wealth people in the United States who are uh, deeply impacted by these unjust policies um, that our government um, is continuing to perpetuate even now in the midst of this pandemic. Um, we've had four emergency relief bills and and almost nothing, you know, trillions of dollars for corporations and businesses, mm, nothing for, for um, workers and, and, and the people on the ground. Um, and um, so, yeah, we're, we're trying to lift up and, we, you know, lift up the stories of, of, of these folks who are deeply impacted, but who also have the solutions, you know, yes. um, there's a deep, deep wisdom on the ground in the grassroots um, of folks who are are doing the work on the day to day basis in their communities, um, and uh, uh, if you follow Reverend Barber on Twitter, 
mm. or a poor people's campaign. We're posting uh, videos, t- uh, uh, testifier videos every day. Um, in, in the run up to June 20th, we have a, a digital mass meeting um, uh, here in a couple days um, that folks are invited to to join, um, uh, and uh, we'll be uh, building towards June 20th. Mm. Uh, and, oh, awesome! Uh, one other thing I I, I want to mention, and it feels awkward to do this, but no, uh, go go it, right ahead after after because it feels this feels promotional now. But um, I, I, I about ten years ago started a nonprofit organization called Transform Network, um, and uh, uh, that conversation that I did yesterday with David Dark, I'm going to be putting that out um, through Transform um, here soon. I would love to to invite folks to check that out. Um, mm. But we just launched an online uh, learning platform um, at a website called TransformClassroom.online, where we're making available. Um, classes, uh, on-demand classes and, and cohort-style classes uh, for folks all over the world um, who can um, uh, engage in some 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 really um, great content. We've got a class on healing justice, um, and we've got some uh, a couple other uh, courses going on now and coming up, and we're, we're building um, out more. Um, and so I just wanted to let you know, folks listening to this know yeah. that that's available yeah. as a resource anywhere in the world, uh, transformclassroom.online, um, to check that out. Particularly, you know, if you're interested in, in particularly contemplative spirituality and mm. social justice, um, the Healing Justice On Demand course, you can take it at your own pace anytime, is really um, amazing. And all of our courses are pay what you can. We don't, no one is turned away for lack of funds. So, um, yeah. Um, mm. I hope folks will check that out as a resource, particularly now in this time when we're having to move everything uh, online. And I think those those type of resources that you've, you've mentioned, and I would encourage people to check out, are so important because, and it even ties into all of this because we want to be more effective. I mean, communication is a holistic truth, right? So in terms of activism, in terms of, of what it means to be formed properly, in terms of contemplative spirituality, like these all factor into the type of people that we be in the world and and as such the type of the type of way we're seen. Which of course will influence not only what we post online, but also what people see in how we live and move and have our being and the type of stories we share in that space. Absolutely. Amen, brother. <laughs> so perhaps as a as a final question for us in light of kingdom journalism what would be your hope for kingdom journalism in the world what's what's your dream what's what's the hope for this that's a great question starting with this conversation i hope this thought and this idea will get a wider hearing mm. and um and some some more folks will um, do some deep work around and reflection um, around how we engage with these digital tools um, that we have access to and, and how we use them on a daily basis and what we use them for and what are the stories that we're telling and what is the ultimate purpose. Amen. Just, uh, just as a closing reflection, I was thinking as you were talking just then and as we were talking before about the Talos, you know, it reminds me of... of and I'm probably going to butcher the verse, but it's the one in the book of Revelation where it talks about the, the word of, the, of our testimony, which, you know, how is it that we're being 
being kingdom people in the world, telling these stories, doing kingdom journalism, if we're going to use that language, towards that that ultimate big picture um, of, as Martin Luther King Jr. said, the moral arc of the universe bending towards justice and telling stories that that invite God's future into the here and the now outwork in itself. That's right. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Stephen, for interviewing today. It, it, it has been a wild topic. I love it. Thanks, Nathan. I appreciate the opportunity. That was our interview with Stephen Roach Knight. To find out more information on our guest today, find him at stephenroachknight.com. And by the way, it's Stephen with a PH and Knight with a K. He is also on Facebook at Stephen Roach Knight and on Twitter and Instagram at one word, Knighttopia. To find out more information on the June online moral march on Washington that Stephen was talking about today, then head to www.poorpeoplescampaign.org slash June 2020. Also, check out transformnetwork.org. Transform Network is a network with a mission to resource, train, and mobilize people and communities of faith to discern and join what God is already doing in the world with transformational church and social justice. Also, they are running online classes at transformclassroom.online. Finally, find out more information on Repairers of the Breach by going to breachrepairers.org. Repairers of the Breach is an American not-for-profit organization that seeks to build a moral agenda rooted in a framework that uplifts the deepest moral and constitutional values to redeem the heart and soul of the United States. That's it for this episode of Deeper and Wider. If you like what you heard, then please rate this episode on your podcast provider and share with your friends. To follow my work, then find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash nathan.forster or find me on either Twitter or Instagram at nathan underscore forster. Deeper and Wider is part of the Expansive Faith Network. To see more content like this podcast or to support our work, head over to expansivefaith.com. Until then, keep on seeking and go deeper and wider.